Hi, friends, and welcome back to the show. Before we get started with today's episode, I did want to ask you if you can take a quick minute or two and give me your feedback on what sort of content you'd like to see in the coming weeks and months for the show, that would help me out so much. It'll just take you a minute or two. You can either click the link in the show notes, which if you scroll down in uh, the podcast episode, you should be able to click the link, or you can go to Faith Field Woman and it will say, click here to share your thoughts. And it's just a couple question Google form, but it would help me so much. So I would love it if you could just take a minute and share your ideas and thoughts and the topics that you would you would really love for me to be covering in the in the podcast in the coming months. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, I have a guest on and I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. We are going to talk about living with chronic illness. Um, her podcast is called It Hurts to Mom. So she's a mom and wife. We're going to talk about how gratitude really turned things around for her and how changing our perspective and beliefs can really impact how we show up and we live our day-to-day lives. And we're going to talk about how circumstances don't control our destiny and that we all have a purpose regardless of how our bodies are working for us today or every day in this lifetime. So I can't wait to share it with you. I think it'll really encourage and inspire so many of you. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith-Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what he has for us? I'm Kristen. I'm an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have a lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God and design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen. And let's be encouraged. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome my guest, Lauren Rose. She's the podcast host and blogger of It Hurts to Mom, and she also has started a community for people with chronic pain. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on this particular podcast. Thank you. Um, Actually, I'm looking forward to our conversation because I think it's really going to be so helpful for people to hear your story and identify at least with some part of it. You know, we've all probably walked through some level of um, trauma or pain or something in our lives that made us not feel as good as we could have. And you have not only been through a lot of those things, but you've also found ways to step out of some of the things you're into and on your healing journey. And you've figured out how to feel better, even in the midst of chronic illness and um, having stepped through depression. So thank you for joining us. And can you just start with telling us a little bit about your backstory, your journey? Sure. So I had um pretty immediate trauma when I was born. My my birth mom gave me up. I was basically taken from her arms within five minutes of her having me. She was mm-hmm. 16 when she had me, just barely 16, and she was giving me up for adoption. And um, we're not going to get into adoption trauma here, but it is a, a big issue for a lot of adoptees in their life. Then my, adopt, my adoptive father was verbally abusive, um, said a lot of just really hurtful things throughout our life. And then I started having chronic pain in the form of migraines, like daily migraines when I was about 15. And my relationship with my parents was not 
not a close one. So it never even occurred to me to tell them I was having this problem. It was just one of so many things that I had learned to keep to myself. And then when I was um, 18 through 21, almost 21, I experienced multiple forms of, of abuse and, and assault. And so those were more traumas, you know, for me to face. And I'd gotten used to just keeping everything to myself. That's what my dad wanted uh, us to keep all of our feelings and our opinions and our preferences and our thoughts to ourselves. So that's what I did. And I also kept all this trauma to myself. And I was still having really bad migraines every single day. I finally actually got diagnosed with migraines when I was 22. Um, combination migraines and just really severe muscle tension headaches. My shoulder and neck muscles are so tense that they are numb. Like I can stick a pin in or my fingernail in them and I can't feel anything. And that creates a lot of really bad headache pain. And then, you know, I was living my best life. I got out of those relationships, um, got into a great marriage of, of 16 years as of, you know, June 2nd this year and had, you know, a daughter. And when she was three, I suddenly started having really severe spinal pain in my lumbar spine. And I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. So I ended up seeing a rheumatologist and I found out I have autoimmune disease and which uh, he, he diagnosed me with, um, including rheumatoid arthritis, which is inflammatory and osteoarthritis, which is degenerative as well as degenerative disc disease in my spine. So I've got a lot of inflammation and a lot of degeneration in all of my joints. And over the next year, it just started getting worse. Um, I was getting injections. I went to physical therapy. I was taking all sorts of medications and trying them out, and they weren't helping. So finally, in January of 2017, I had to stop working. I went on short-term disability for my spinal pain, and I still planned on going back to work. I applied for another position at this company. I loved my company. I loved what I did. I loved what I was going to do, and I was going to physical therapy, another company. I was still getting injections, and instead of getting better, my spinal pain spread to the rest of my joints. So I had hip pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, you know hand and, and foot pain. And then, you know, just, just for fun, you know, I, I ended up with fibromyalgia. So now besides just joint and nerve pain, I had muscle pain head to toe, basically. So by the time my short-term disability expired, I couldn't go back to work. I was so much worse than six months prior. It was, it was just impossible. So I lost my job. I lost a lot, I had lost a lot of my functionality. I couldn't do a lot of basic things that I had done before, like, you know, take care of my family and take care of my home and, you know, pay bills and things like that. Because with fibromyalgia comes brain fog. Plus there's all the other, the, the, just the physical pain was just so limiting and debilitating. And I, I, I just, I, I started, stayed in bed about two years. I mean, I'd realize now I was going through a grieving process. I didn't know that's what it was back then, but I had to grieve, you know, the loss of my job, the loss of my career, the loss of my health, the loss of part of my identity and being a working mother. And the biggest thing of all I realize now was my loss of purpose. 
I'd put so much of my identity and my purpose on having a career. And once that was gone, I didn't feel like I was worthy of of living in this world anymore. And I know that sounds crazy because I'm a mother and a wife, but just in our society, you know, working, having a career, having a job is, is a huge thing. So I spent about two years in a really deep depression, um, really just grieving, staying in bed. And just one day after about, about a couple of years time, I was just looking at my daughter. She was five. And I realized I don't want her to grow up and remember me as the mommy who was always in bed in pain and depressed all the time. That is not the legacy that I want her to have of me. So I knew I had to do something different. And the first thing that kind of came up for as an opportunity for me to do something different was a women's Bible study that spring. It started in, in February. And I, I joined the women's Bible study. We were reading a book by Lisa Turkhurst, who is amazing and has changed my life from multiple books. But this one was called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, which I felt was story of my life. This is not what I've been working for. This is not what I've been planning. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on here? And I came out of the depression in in two major ways. One, there was a lady in my group who runs a nonprofit called Grateful Gratitude, and she just continuously encouraged me to practice intentional daily gratitude. Every single night before I went to bed, whether I wanted to or not, whether I felt like it or not, three things I was grateful for. And it really started changing my perspective from all the things that I'd lost, all the things I didn't have, all the things I couldn't do to the things that I did have and the things I could do. You know, one big one was it was really incredibly painful for me to walk. I didn't do it very often because it caused me a lot of pain. However, I did get to the point where I was where I was thankful that I had legs and I had the ability to walk, even though it caused me so much pain. So major perspective shift from gratitude. (laughs) And, and, you know, you know, science has even shown that that gratitude changes the neural pathways in your brain, so that you can actually start thinking more positive, healthier thoughts. And the other thing that really helped me get out of the depression was the book. So she helped me realize that God could take my broken life and make something new and beautiful out of it. There was a whole chapter about that. And it's not something I considered before. I thought my life was over because I couldn't hold down a job. And it just helped me realize that God wasn't done with me. Mm -hmm. And I I chose to believe that God was going to use what I was going through for some kind of good. Mm-hmm. So I really felt like I needed more community of people who had chronic pain and illness. So I joined different forums, Facebook groups. There's a Facebook group for pretty much any condition you can imagine. And so I joined a bunch of those. I joined an app um, that's specifically for people with chronic pain and chronic illness. And I really st- found a lot of joy in starting to interact with other people going through some of the same things, the the chronic pain, the depression, anxiety, previous trauma. I was able to encourage some of them, give some of them advice, help a lot of them just feel not alone. And that's kind of what I realized that I needed to was not to feel so alone. 
And then I learned that one out of five people lives with chronic pain. One out of 12 people lives with chronic pain that significantly affects their daily lives. So that's a lot of people. That's 20% of people you know will have chronic pain. 8% of people you know has some kind of you know significant chronic pain. And so then I decided, okay, I'm finding a lot of joy from encouraging other people who have pain and illness. And I've felt like I've walked a very lonely journey. So I felt like my new purpose in life was to encourage other people, specifically with chronic pain, with with chronic illness and and previous trauma also. But I've really started to focus on the chronic pain aspect. So I started a blog and then I almost immediately started a podcast, um, which is a whole other story because I'm an introvert and I didn't want to do that, but God wanted me to. And I started a small group at my church for, because my church is a large church, so we're built around smaller groups. And I have a small group that's for people with chronic pain. And I mean, it's just been an incredible transformation in my life to go from thinking I had no purpose in life to seeing that I do have this new purpose. It's different from what I imagined my purpose was going to be, but it's still a very meaningful purpose. Oh gosh, there's so much there. And I I thank you for sharing that story because, you know, you did, you've gone through and are still walking through obviously because it is a healing journey. So, you know, you obviously still have those, um, you still have chronic illness, but the fact that you were able to step out of that perspective in that, in those beliefs, and then realize, wow, when I actually can share my story, when I can talk to other people and be supportive, be encouraging, you know, what that also, what you gained back from that, you know? And so I love that. And I think it's so true. I think, yeah, sometimes our purpose might be directly tied to a vocation, but often it's something much bigger and broader. And I think just to encourage people in that way, I think it has more to do with our contribution and our connection to people, right? And that might change how we are connected and how we contribute in our lives. But I think it's so much more about that than it is about, oh, I have a certain job, right? For these 10 years, five years, 20 years, because most of us are going to change jobs or careers. Or like you said, we're going to be in a season where Maybe we don't, we can't have a job or we've lost our job. And so a lot of people do struggle with that identity, you know, like these, these identities, these roles have had, I um, define me, but we have to realize that they're just a little piece of who we are. We're much bigger than that or much more than that. And so I love that, you know, one, her book, I have that book as well, actually, but that her book really showed you that, that even in hard things or when you feel like everything's not how you expected that. God's still going to use you, you know? And so I think that's wonderful that you found that inspiration and that encouragement there. And you were so right about the act of um, journaling or, um, sorry, intentional uh, daily gratitude journaling, because they say it's our, what we focus on in our thoughts is what gives us power or it gives us um, how we can move in the world, right? And so when we're able to do the work to change how we're perceiving things, it can make all the difference in in our lives. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, it really has. And it's something I still do today. You know, when I, when I pray, one of the very first things that I do is my gratitude. 
before mm -hmm. I ask for anything, you know, before I, whatever, before I even praise God, sometimes I'll praise him first, but it, I do it at least once a day, usually twice a day. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I've even, um, and so I've had a, a gratitude practice for some time, but even what I've tried to expand it to for myself is, you know, I talk a lot about it a lot about people slowing down to notice, right? What's around them when they're on a walk, you know, when they're, you know, seeing the sunset. So I talk about that, but even in those moments, I try to get really specific and just, you know, kind of thank God and, and kind of um, give him or, you know, tell him I'm grateful for something, right? Like even when I'm eating a meal, like a specific something and just one, it's because it's allowing me to be aware and it's allowing me to see all these good things all around me, even if it's the basil on my plate, like that's a different type of grateful. But the point is, is I'm wowed by all the flavors. Even I'm, in other words, I'm, I'm, it's almost like an act of worship, right? Like you're just trying to really notice all the amazing things that God's created and he has available to us and that are in our lives, whether they're something very small and, you know, minutia or whether it's something amazing, like, um, how he's, really done some great works in our lives or he's provided for us or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I, I do believe that gratitude is an act of worship. Mm -hmm. It's a big part of the Bible, just as lamenting is, and just yeah. as, you know, singing praise songs. And, you know, when you practice daily intentional gratitude, you get to the point where you have to be super specific or, or super broad because after I don't know, week, week and a half, I started running out of the basic things to, to be thankful for. So you really yeah. do have to pay attention to your life and notice everything around you that is just so incredible. You know, simple things like having, I'm looking at a bookshelf, a bookshelf to organize my insane number of books. You know, it was, it's one thing that I ended up being grateful for. Yeah. So simple. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So I do want to just for a second step back into, you know, you, like you said, you've had a, a lot of trauma, a lot of pain that you've, you know, have gone through over these years. And one of the things I saw on your website was that 50 to 80% of physical pain is from unprocessed and um, buried emotional pain. What might you just share with us about that? Because, and I get it, not everybody's had the same amount of trauma or some of theirs might seem very small. They don't think they had something major, but it can still impact us, right? It can still frame our beliefs, whether conscious or subconsciously. But did you find the two things you shared earlier about stepping out of depression um, also helped with that? Or did you find that it, for you, it was also doing therapy and other things? It's been a combination of things. So I learned that the 50 to 80%, because I mean, it depends on which experts you're listening to, of you know, physical pain is from emotional pain that's, you know, not been processed, you know, unprocessed emotions, unprocessed trauma, things like that. And that's when I really started to realize that, that all this trauma and all these emotions and, and ideas and thoughts and opinions that I've kept to myself for so, so long. I mean, most of my life, it's still difficult for me now to share things that's when I realized that all those things that I hadn't processed and hadn't expressed were probably wreaking havoc on my body. Mm. And because, I mean, I'd been to probably 40 practitioners before I learned this just for my headaches alone. 
And not, I mean, not just medical doctors, but, you know, herbalists and acupuncturists. And, you know, if you could, a yoga lady, if you could think of it, I, I possibly tried it. And so for me, it's been a combination of just knowledge. And yes, I have needed multiple forms of therapy. I, I do cognitive behavioral therapy and I also do EMDR um, trauma therapy. So, you know, they're for different things. The CBT is more for like my daily struggles, my anxiety, my issues now. And then the EMDR is to help process things from my past so that I can work through more recent things and things that come up in a, in a healthier way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that's, it's good. And I remember I did an interview, it was probably two years ago uh, with a guest and she had quite a bit of physical pain. And it was actually through an article she had read, I forget in what newspaper or or magazine, but it was about journaling. And she at the time had been to lots of doctors and tried all the things and being healthy, but she just had all this pain. And so, but by starting a journaling practice and really digging into that and how that has helped, the article is about how journaling could help some of your um, physical pain. Obviously, we're not talking, I mean, some things, obviously, we're not talking about that, but and she said, I mean, within, I don't know if it was months or a year, but I mean, she literally was able to release some of the pain she was um, having because of processing or holding on to, like you said, trauma and emotional um, pain she hadn't dealt with. And so it was really interesting to me because I hadn't really heard much about that, you know, like the, all the different ways in which people can process the emotional things and the traumas that we've had. And so I think it's really important to talk about these things because some people really have never heard anything like this. And it doesn't mean we're saying, oh, every um, physical pain or disease is going to be gone. What we're saying is some of the pain we can feel in our bodies, physical pain can be connected to the emotional pain or trauma we've had in the past or currently. Yeah. And so this makes me think of two things. First, there's this book called The Body Keeps the Score which is a fantastic book when it comes to how your body stores trauma. And one thing that I gained so far out of that book is just this mind-body connection. So when a person has trauma, the connection between their amygdala and their prefrontal, prefrontal cortex is, is dampened. So basically, that's why you're in fight-or-flight mode all the time. And just based on different studies and different, you know, research practitioners, they've determined that, you know, one of the best ways to restore that connection is through mind-body techniques. So, you know, that could be yoga, that could be meditation, that could be journaling, there's all sorts of ways to do it. But it's, that's one thing that's really amazed me is that and the there's an app specifically for people with chronic pain that has fantastic reviews. I I joined it recently. I don't have a, a my own personal review on it yet, but it's specifically to help people either lessen or manage their chronic pain. And they do exactly these things. They do journaling. They do, you know, my, mindfulness exercises. They do, you know, different ways to to retrain your brain to think of pain as a different sensation than pain. And a lot of it is just about this mind-body connection. And I mean, if you read the reviews, they're absolutely incredible. I'm, I'm hoping to have a little bit of success myself. 
amazing. And uh, did you remember what the name of that app was in case people are interested? It's called Curable. Curable. C-U-R-A-B-L-E. Curable. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard of that. That's that's interesting. That's a really good. Uh, both of those are great tips. I've heard of that book before, but I have not read it yet. So maybe that's one I'll have to check out because uh, more than one person have mentioned that book to me before. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this. What uh, what else would you just share with when you started or after you were doing the daily gratitude practice and then realizing that your life still has purpose? Like, are there other things? Is it just connecting to community and, you know, being willing to put yourself out there? So is there other things that you would just recommend to people as we're maybe going through, you know, a harder season or maybe, you know, like you said, you felt very alone in the journey. So are there any other things you recommend to people just to encourage them, you know, to we, there are other people we can connect to and that we do need community. We do need support. Right. I think that whatever season we're going through, if we're having struggles, we need to talk to somebody about them, including, you know, our friends and family, especially, especially if it's a health struggle or a pain struggle, a lot of people with chronic pain, we don't talk about our chronic pain because we don't want to just be complaining all the time. We don't want to be a burden. And yeah. I mean, that's what I, I have heard from all the ladies in, in my chronic pain group that, you know, they're happy to have this safe space to do exactly that. And, you know, we try not to stay in the complaining and in the pain and we try to move past that. Um, we just read a book together called The Uninvited Companion. And it's about going from why God, why me, why is this happening to accepting that it's happening, even though we don't have to like it and asking God, how God, how can we, you know, lean on you through this? How can we walk well with you through this difficult circumstance? So that's been really powerful in, you know, moving from the why God to the how God. Mm -hmm. Um, I also believe in, you know, enlisting help with, from other people um, that can be, you know, physical help that can be if you need to use a, a back brace or a knee brace to make things better. Um, I also believe in, you know, taking care of yourself, including, you know, therapy or medications, all the you know, doing something that you love, getting, you know, good night's sleep and trying to eat better than we're than most of us eat now. And, you know, my, my biggest tip for, for people who are going through something is just be present with your, your family and your friends. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard when you're dealing with depression or anxiety or chronic pain to fully be present or even sometimes to be present at all. Mm -hmm. But you know, I found ways to, to make it work. You know, I take breaks as I need to, I go, go like go, go lie down when I need to. And, you know, my daughter is, is 10 and I've had chronic pain of some sort her entire life. That's what mm -hmm. she's used to. And I had her on the first episode of my podcast and I asked her, you know, do you see, you see that I'm really trying my best with you? And she said, you know, yes, of course I do. And I said, I said, if I didn't have this chronic pain, would you love me more? And she was like, mommy, I wouldn't love you any more. You know, if, even if things were different, I, I love you now. And this is how much that I would love you then. 
Yeah. And so, you know, even our children can see when we're really trying to to build connection with them and just doing our best. Mm, that's so lovely. And uh, yeah, I've, I've had a couple guests on the different, my two podcasts that have chronic pain that have talked, you know, from different perspectives. And one of them actually was sharing more about, well, two things. One, like you said, she has to listen to herself and her body and know, okay, my work weeks look different. So one week she might be able to do more, but the next week, maybe they're, they were moving. So she has to realize, okay, before and after those move days, I'm not going to be able to do what I do in a regular work week. So I thought that was really good advice, which was your weeks and your days can look different based on how you're feeling, but also based on additional efforts and things you have going on in your life. You know, like I think sometimes we all put pressure on ourselves, whether we're going through a long-term chronic illness or or chronic pain or, or whatever else, we might be a caregiver, you know, lots of things. So to try to give ourselves a little more space and grace and realizing that that's, that's okay. And if it helps our bodies and helps us feel better and be able to be present when we're able to be, then I think that's, that's a really good thing, you know, to, to understand and plan and expect that that's going to have to ebb and flow a little bit. Oh yeah. Whenever I speak a little bit in more detail about, you know, these few tips that I've given, the self-care component includes listening to your body and mm-hmm. honoring your body and its needs and and modifying your tasks as needed. So I can't stand up in my kitchen and do the dishes or cook a meal. I have a bar stool that I have to sit on because mm-hmm. I can't stand for very long. I can't, you know, do my makeup standing in front of the mirror. I have a shower chair I have to sit on. You know, I, I have to modify all these different tasks and I definitely have to pace myself. That's a, a big part of listening to my body. Uh-huh. Um, if, if I don't, and, and, you know, people who have chronic pain and chronic illness are pretty familiar with the spoon theory usually, um, uh-huh. where that one, you know, talks about how you only have so much energy. But for me, it's more about not just about energy. It's about the ability to push through. So like, on Saturday, this past Saturday, we painted my daughter's bedroom in our new house. And Saturday night, my body was was not happy about what we had done. Yeah. You know, you know, but I could push through the pain to get through that Saturday. But then Sunday came along and I had to rest. Mm-hmm. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice. I, it, I, I might've been able to push through a little bit more, but mm-hmm. then come Monday and Tuesday, I would have been even worse. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely about, you know, planning out these big things that you have to do. And yeah, if you've got, a, you can have a flexible work week, that's completely ideal. Yeah. And yeah. And then another one or two of my guests, they shared just that sometimes uh, one of the women shared that she'd have to miss stuff sometimes because maybe she wasn't feeling physically well, but you know, and then she would be disappointed, of course, like she must miss maybe like a lady's lunch. But she was able to start un- under uncovering what's behind that feeling. You know, like I got, I missed seeing my friends. But when she was able to acknowledge it for what it was, which is, yes, I missed that. She was able to ask herself, but what do I need? And then she was able to maybe a different day fill in that need, meaning uh, maybe I needed time with friends. I needed connection. So another day, maybe she was able to plan coffee or have a friend over for coffee. So instead of always thinking like, oh, I missed out, she was able to see what's behind the feeling of missing out and what what do I need? Like, what would this give me? And so I thought that was really interesting perspective on 
how can we still get what we need, even if it's not in the moment or the day we were hoping to do it? Right. Yeah. I had one lady on my podcast and she has um, ulcerative colitis and myocarditis. And she had been planning for months to go, I think with her sister or friend or somebody on this, this major trip. And, you know, she had her bags packed. She was planning on leaving. And that morning she realized I can't do it. I can't physically do it. Mm -hmm. What she did instead was she planned a trip just for herself to go out in the mountains where she could just be with nature and relax and still take care of her body's needs. Mm-hmm. And she does not regret that decision. Yes, yeah, she's bummed out that she missed that big event she had planned for, but she she still was able to take care of herself and have and have a great time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good example. Oh my goodness. So Lauren, any other just like words of encouragement that you want to share with people um, before we start moving towards wrapping up the show? I just feel like our, first of all, our circumstances don't control our destiny or our attitudes. They can if we let them, but we don't have to let them. And I also believe, you know, because this is in the Bible, that God has a purpose for all of us. And I just think it would be really sad if we don't live out that purpose, if we get to heaven and our insecurities and our self-doubt and you know, our fears and maybe Satan himself trying to get in the way have, have won and we have not fulfilled what God wanted us, to, wanted us to fulfill on earth, whatever that may be. And, you know, I agree with you, what you said earlier that, you know, a, a huge amount of the time, that's not necessarily going to be our, our jobs, our career paths. It's going to be how we relate to other people and the legacy that we leave with our community and with other people. Absolutely. That's, that's so true and so right. And, you know, I mean, they say one of the uh, regrets of the dying, right? It's, it's opportunities not taken. And I don't mean that you, oh, it's like, oh, the perfect job. It's more, is there something you wanted to say to speak, right? Like in a book form or in a podcast, or is it a trip you always wanted to take? It's just on your heart to see this place or, you know, whatever it is, but even if you're, you, it would be hard for you. Usually there's a way to make it work, right? Like there's some version of it. I mean, one gentleman I interviewed, I think he had MS and some, he had some other stuff, but um, so it's up and down, right? For him, it's like he has good, good days or um, times and bad, but he loves skydiving. And he, for, for a period, stopped doing that because of his chronic illness, but he's now skydiving again. Now, yes, did he have to make modifications and right? But it's something he loved. It was a passion that he had. And so I would just encourage people, you know, whether you can do the exact same thing or not, there may be some, some part of you can do, but I agree with you. Just um, keep looking for purpose. And, you know, I, we all have, we all have value and we all have worth. And uh, I just want people to remember that no matter your circumstance, you know, so thank you so much for being with us today, Lauren. Can you let people know how can they reach out to you and learn about your blog and your podcast? Sure. I would love to hear from you guys. My podcast is on all the major platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. It's called It Hurts to Mom. My blog is ithurtstomom.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at It Hurts to Mom. And my email address, I would absolutely be thrilled to hear from you, is ithurtstomom at gmail.com. Mm, so good. Lauren, thank you for sharing your story and your healing journey with us and your encouragement and how gratitude and just seeing your value in, in God's eyes really has helped you um, just keep expanding and living your best life. 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And I wanted to wrap up today's episode just by sharing a very short excerpt from Lisa Turkhurst's book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way With You. And here's what I wanted to share. She says, we are most triumphant when we place our disappointments in God's hands and say, Lord, I trust you to redeem this and return it to me as part of my testimony. Our disappointments in ourselves, in our lives, aren't just isolated pieces of evidence that we fall short and life is hard. No, they are the exact places where we can break secrecy with fellow humans and show up to say, me too, I get it, I understand, you aren't alone. Together we can find our way home. Just as breaking bread with another hungry human feeds our bodies with nourishment, breaking secrecy with another hurting human feeds our souls with compassion. We take the comfort of God we've received in the midst of our disappointments and use it to bring comfort to others. In the words of the Apostle Paul, praise be to the to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That's 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 that she's referencing. And then she ends with, when we show up with compassion for others, our own disappointments won't ring as hollow or sting with sorrow nearly as much. Oh, I think that's just so beautiful. And it, I thought it was so poignant for, you know, kind of walking through disappointment, hard seasons, uh, maybe chronic illness or a diagnosis. Maybe it's a divorce or um, difficulty in a marriage or, you know, something that's happened in our life, or maybe it's the loss of a job, whatever it is. And so I just want to encourage you today and remind you that being grateful, practicing gratitude is an act of worship in that our circumstances, even physical limitations or circumstances or pain do not control our destiny or how God wants to use us. He has a purpose for us today and in our futures. We're here for a reason. And I just wanted to wrap up and remind you, if you can take just a minute of your time and give me a little bit of feedback about the podcast and what type of content and topics you would love for me to cover in the coming weeks and months, it would mean so much to me. You can either go to faithfueledwoman.com or you can click, click the link in my show notes that are below the podcast art for this episode. Thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate you joining me. Thanks again for listening in. 